0: I even need to to preach. Oh, God is good. Oh, man, if you just give me a few minutes, we'll get back into his presence. Oh, my Lord. Yes, give him glory. Oh, my gosh like you just never want to leave. It's better than Disneyland. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. God is so good. Man, Jesus, we give you glory, Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help us. Help me, Lord Jesus. Today I want to share uh, a word that God put in my heart this week. And it's uh, kind of funny because if you were here this morning, P. Joe preached about the same thing. <laughs> he, pre- uh, he preached about the word of God and I want to preach about the word of God, being obedient, living holy and righteous, right? And it was funny because I was telling Adolfo about I was like, man, P. Joe preached about the same thing. No, he didn't. <laughs> And so, and so Adolfo, do I even need a, mic? Do I need a mic? Oh. And so Adolfo was like, "Well, you know, when God, you know, God gave me a word, and then, uh, like, last minute He just changed it up. He just gave me another word. Maybe God will do the same for you." And I was like, but "I worked so hard at it. <laughs> I worked so hard, but man, coming on t- into the presence of God and worship, you know, Rachel Saint just switch it up." You know, the guy's gonna do what you didn't expect. So I was like, God, give me a word. You know, if, if it, this is not the word you want, just switch it up. Give me another word. But I didn't get another word. <laughs> and so I'm gonna I feel that this is still. I feel that like this is still the same. And it's funny because with uh, we just finished um, you're saying or repent, repent your sin. Just lay down the idols and the word that Vanessa gave. Well, it kind of you know goes with that a little bit. It's kind of like a challenge. These are my notes. I don't know it's, a, it's going to be a challenge. I believe everyone here is saved, Amen. But it's more of a challenge to go deeper, right? And I want to talk about the Word of God. Being obedient to the Word of God. See, the Word of God is—it's beautiful. It is God's word, right? Can you can't just come over here, dude? I'm like, you know, it's like, I'll just come over here, oh, brother Juan. Oh, you could just put the, put the chair over here. How about that? I feel like more, there you go, more intimate. Yes, right? I don't even need this mic. There you go. Come on. You could come. You could come. <clears throat> so anyways, you see, the Word of God is it's the Word of God. It's the very words of God. It's a privilege that we have this Word. It's a privilege that we get to read His instructions, Right? Your instruction manual, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? The Word of God, it says in Hebrew, is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the hearts and the attitudes of man. Amen? Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is laid bare, exposed to him whom we must give an account. That's the Word of God. It's living and active. When we read it, like P. Joe was saying this morning, when we read it, it's alive, it's active. It exposes the things that are not right. Right? The Word of God is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Right? The Word of God is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the Word of God. It's a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my path, you see? Without the word, you're in darkness. You will stumble, you will fall, but it's a light unto my path. Right? That's the word of God. It has the power to save, power to change lies. It is your sword. It is your weapon to bring down the enemy, to tear down strongholds, to tear down barriers, to cut the devil in half. It is your weapon. It is your sword. You should never leave home without it. Right? But it's in your heart. It's in your mind. That's why you need to read it. Practice it. Obey it. The Word of God. Amen? So I wanted to go off of James chapter 1. Starting at uh, 16. No. Starting at 19. It says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to to the word of God, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, freedom for what? Not to do whatever you want to do. See, because we were in bondage. God set us free. Freedom to worship God. Freedom to serve him. Freedom to live holy and righteous. Righteous. See, so if, what was I? Verse 25. But if the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Amen? You see, the key verse here, 122, just don't listen to the word of God. Do what it says. Right? That's what James was talking about in the next chapter, in chapter 2, that faith without deeds, faith without action is dead. It's useless. What's the point that you hear the Word of God and you believe it, but you don't do what it says? What's the point? He says in the next chapter, well, you believe there's one God? Good. Well, even the demons believe. So what? Amen? He's saying here, just don't listen to the Word of God. Just don't believe it. Do what it says. Be obedient to the Word of God. It is a command of God. See, if you look in the previous verse, verse 19, it says, get rid of moral filth that is so prevalent. You see, and that's why it was good with the word that Vanessa gave through worship. We need to get rid of it. The things of the world, the sinful desires. The Bible says sin is obvious. We know what's wrong. We know what's against God's law. Get rid of moral filth. Get rid of the garbage in your life that corrupts your relationship with Jesus. Get rid of the things in in your life that will prevent you from getting closer to God. What are those things? You know what they are. Get rid of the moral, get rid of the garbage. Clean up your your, your family, your house, whatever you have in your house or in your soul, in your heart. Get rid of it as a command. You see, God's Word won't be able to, to, to be effective in your life if you're corrupted with the sins of the world. It won't. God can't use a people like that. God can't use it. You see, revival will start when we do this, when we humble ourselves, when we say, when we're poor in spirit, when we say, God, I'm not good enough, because we're not. We're all sinners, right? We're not good enough when we humble ourselves, throw our, bow down to our knees, tears come down our eyes. See, that's the type of people God is looking for. See, that's when revival will start. When we're obedient to the Word of God, when we seek Him with all our hearts, when we seek Him with everything, everything that we have. See, that's when revival starts. That's the type of people that God will use to make a difference, to change this generation, to flip this world upside down, like the church in the first century. You see, they were learners of the Word of God. They loved the Word of God. They preached it. They taught it. They lived by it. They died preaching the Word of God. See, we need to be learners of the Word of God. We need to hunger for it. We need to love it. See, that's the people that God is looking for. That's when He'll use us. That's when He'll bring change. That's when we see signs and wonders because He can use, He can pour His Spirit on clean people, not dirty people. We need to empty ourselves out. Surrender God. Just take it all. Empty ourselves. Get rid of the moral filth. Get rid of the garbage. Get rid of anything, any idols, anything that will prevent you from getting closer to God. If you know you could get closer and something's holding you back, that's an idol. You need to get rid of it and humbly accept the word of God. You see, we need to be humble. We need to be humble when we receive the word of God. Because there's certain things here. There's a certain way that he wants his people to live. And we cannot be prideful. We need to get rid of the pride. You see, if you don't live according to the word of God, if you don't follow it, You're not rejecting me. You're not rejecting Pastor. You're not rejecting uh, anybody. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting God. If you don't, if you're reading the word and you're saying this is how I should be, I should come to church. You don't come to church, speaking generalities, and you don't, not doing it, you're rejecting God. You're being prideful. And God opposes the prideful. He exalts the humble. He gives grace to the humble. We need to be humble. Humbly accept the Word of God that's planted in you, it says. Planted in you. It needs to be a part of you. It needs to be part of your nature. You need to hunger for it. It needs to be a part of you. Humbly accept the Word of God that's planted in you. Just don't listen to it. That's the key verse. You see, you're deceiving yourself. You just listen to it. Do what it says. Do what it says. Humble yourself and seek the Lord. And do what he commanded you to do. Do what he commanded you to do. That's it. That's how we're supposed to live. That's how God commanded us to live. See, we need to fear God. That's it. See, when people don't don't seek, uh, uh, read the word, they come to church, they just listen to it. They don't do what it says. See, they, they don't fear God. They don't care. See, because they really feared God, they'll read his words. I'm like, man, I'm not living like this. I better get myself right, because God's judgment is true, God's judgment is real, and it's coming. You see, when you read this, when you read God's judgment, you read the, the, His instructions, His standards on how to live, things to do as Christians, right? See, when you, when you read it and you don't follow it, you're not obedient to it, you're pretty much just ignoring the Word of God. You say, well, okay, you know, you're ignoring it. You're, you're ignoring God. This is his words. You're ignoring God. You're rejecting God, not man. You see, we need a fear, a healthy fear of God. See, that's the type of people that God wants. Fearful people. Isaiah 66, 2 says, God himself says, This is the one I esteem. He who is humble, contrite in spirit, and trembles at my word. This is the one I esteem. See, this is the one. See, this is God saying, this is the one that I delight in. This is the one that I, that, 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 I, uh, that I desire. This is the people I desire. This is the people I esteem. This is the people that I want. The people that I'm happy with. He who is humble, contrite in spirit, poor. You got nothing to offer God. You got nothing to offer God. See, the verses before that, 66.1, says that, uh, that the earth is my footstool. Heaven is my throne. Where's the house that you will build me? I built all of this. You got nothing to offer me. We got nothing to offer God. He doesn't want your sacrifices. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your sacrifices. There's nothing you can offer God. He wants your heart. He wants somebody who's humble, poor in spirit, and trembles at my word. Trembles. It's not just okay. I read it. I'm going to do it. You You need to fear. God, His judgment is coming. See, when we we read that when you disobey God, His curses are upon you. In Deuteronomy it says that. When you disobey God, curses are upon you. You see, we need to fear that. That when we don't seek God, we're rejecting God. See, when we're prideful, God is against God, God, the Almighty, who created us, who has the power to send us to heaven or to hell, is against us, is against you, when you disobey the Word of God. You see, that should be, bring fear to you. You see, if you're not scared when you read the Word of God and you know you're not living right, even if you are living right, man, God, help me to be like this even more. Help me to seek you even more. Help me to love your Word even more. See, we need to fear His Word. We need to fear His Word and an example of that, if you could turn to Second Chronicles chapter 34, Jesus, fearing, tremble at his Word. You see, that's the type of people God wants. You see, I want to tremble. I want to be humble. See, God delights in that. God would use a people like that. God would pour his spirit out on people like that. God would pour his spirit out on a church like that. A humble church. A church that will fear his word. In 2 Chronicles chapter 34, a good example is a story about King Josiah. There's also in 2 Kings chapter 22. King Josiah was a young king when he started. There's only two chapters written about him, but he was the best. Better than King David. He was better than King David because he started well, he continued well, and he ended well. There was nobody more faithful, more committed to God and his word than King Josiah. Read it. Nobody. It says that there's no, in the history of Kings, there was nobody like him. He was better than King David because he feared God. We're going to read right now. He started at age eight. I I got a memory. I read it so so much. Well, we'll read. Chapter 34 says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. The reason he became king so young is because his father, God, was an evil king. He got assassinated. Right? So he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. See? He pleased God. That's the type of people God wants. In in the eighth year of his reign, so he was 16 now, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. In his 12th year, now he's 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, Asherah opposed carved idols, and cast images. Pretty much, he started tearing down the things that opposed God. You see, because his father was evil, and his, especially his grandfather was an evil king. And they rejected God. They provoked him to anger. They, brought, uh, they tried to destroy, uh, uh, supposedly, the copies of the law. They set up altars, false worship, idols. I mean, it was his grandfather pretty much pushed God to the edge. And so here it is, so many years, and this nation is full of idolatry, full of just stuff that was against God. And so since he walked in the ways of the Lord, see, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. See, not what was right in his eyes. He didn't follow in the ways of his father. He said what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he started to just... Pretty much cleaning house, taking away the things that weren't right. He was getting himself right with God, right? So that's King Josiah. So in the 18th year of Josiah's reign, to purify the land and temple, he sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah and Messiah, the ruler of the city, with Joah, son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. So pretty much after that, he sent his high priest Hakiah, he sent his secretary, he said, Let's rebuild the temple of the Lord, because it was it, it just messed up. You see, his grandfather, the kings before him were evil, and they was just destroying the stuff that was about God, the temple of God. So he's saying, let's restore the temple. Let's build it up, let's clean it up, let's spruce it up, let's make it better, like the way it used to be. And so while they were building it, they found the book of the law. You see, the book of the law was under a paving, so it, it was lost for a little bit. See, because his, the kings before was trying to destroy all the works, uh, the works of the Lord, the copies of the law. So Hilkiah, the high priest, finds the book and gives it to the secretary, who brings it back to the king, King Josiah, and he starts reading out this book. And where is it? In verse, verse eighteen. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king. Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hakiah, uh, Hikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. See, when he heard the words of the Lord, King Josiah, it said, tore his robes. See, he was in horror. He feared the judgment of God because he knew that for far too long his nation and the leaders forsake God. They didn't seek him. The way they ought to. And most likely the book that Shaphan was reading out of was Deuteronomy where it talks about the curses for disobedience. God's anger. So he tore his robe. You see, he feared the Lord. He didn't have to do that. But he feared the Lord. He says, go inquire of of what is written in this. See, he knew that his nation deserved judgment. He knew that his nation deserved God's punishment because they haven't been seeking him. They didn't seek him. They forsake him. They pushed it aside. They ignored him. They ignored his book, his laws. And so God's judgment was upon them. He knew that. And so he tore his robe in horror. He was scared to death. And so go inquire of the prophetess, on, at that time. And so they go, and this is what she says, the prophetess. She hears from the Lord, and she says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says, I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people. All the curses written in the book that has been read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and provoked me to anger by all that all that their hands have made. My anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because you, you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people, and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. See, he heard them. Because he humbled himself. You see, it was too late already. God's judgment was coming no matter what. It was too late. You see, it could come to a point. See, when we reject God so much, that God God will turn a deaf ear to you. He won't hear you no more. You know those people, those backsliders who keep playing games with God? Those people who are the unbelievers, they keep playing games with God? You see, it could go to a point where God will even harden their hearts like he did with King Saul. See, he will... Turn a deaf ear to them. He won't save them no more. See, God's judgment was coming. It was too late. But he says here, because you humbled yourself, because you tore your rope, because you, you, you humbled yourself, you, you bowed down, you wept in my presence, in repentance, I heard you. See, that's the type of people God wants. When we hear the word of God, we know we're not living Right? How do you you respond? You see, Josiah was responsive to the Word of God. How do we respond to the Word of God when we read it? Are we humble? Are we a humble people? Do we fear the Word of God? Do we fear his judgment? See, that's the type of people God wants. God heard Josiah and he blessed him. And he blessed his people. Because he repented. He repented. Him and his nation. And when you you keep reading... He was obedient to the word of God. Not only did okay he repent, not only did he humble himself, he really cleaned house. I mean, he really got rid of everything. Even the tombs of the false prophets. He said the Bible says, Dug up their bones and burned it at the altar. He killed false prophets. He tore down idols and he went to people's homes and got rid I mean he cleaned house. He wanted nothing that stood in the way of God. Anything that provoked God to anger, he got rid of it. See, he was obedient to the word of God. He responded to it. See, because he had the book of the law. He said, this, Is this what you want me to do, God? This is what I will do. You see, he responded. He humbled himself. He, he, had, he feared the Lord. And he responded. He was obedient to the word of God. And God blessed him. And he renewed his covenant. He renewed the covenant with God. And it says that him and his people, his nation, served the Lord all of his days until the day that he died. You see, there was revival. There was revival. See, because his whole nation were backsliders. They forsake God. And so the Word of God came. Josiah responded to it. He put it into practice. He was a doer of the Word. He just didn't listen to it. He did what it says. He did what the Bible told him to do. The Word spread and there was revival. His whole nation served the Lord. It came back to God. The whole nation repented. The whole nation got rid of the moral filth. The things that corrupt our relationship with God. You see, there was revival. See, that's the type of people, that's an example of the type of people God wants. People who are humble, respond to the word God, obedient. We need to fear the word of God. These are his words. His word is true. When he says he's going to curse us for disobeying him, that's what's going to happen. We need to fear that. You see, when we hear the word of God again, and we, when, uh, and we don't listen to, we don't do what it says, we are being prideful, hard-hearted, we don't care, we're rejecting God. And God is against us. That is a scary thing. That is a scary thing. So there's an encouragement, I know we're all saved here, but it's an encouragement. Seek God more. Don't fall into that temptation. Obey Him even more. See, we need to take holiness and righteousness more serious. See, He said, be holy as I am holy. Are we really living like the way God really wants us to live? We need to live holy lives, righteous lives, do everything that is right. He called us to. He said, be holy as I am holy, 1 Peter. There's standards that, there's so many verses that I can read. Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, talks about ways, God's standards, getting rid of greed, hate, uh, impurities, immoralities. I mean, like, like I said, we know what sin is. We know what sin is. He said you fill yourself up with love, kind, compassion. There's laws, right? Preach the word of God. That is a command, right? See, get rid of the moral folk. Get rid of the things that are not right and put on Jesus. Put on holiness and righteousness. Live the way God called called you to live. Psalms 119. We read it this morning. It's beautiful. See, this is the way. We, this should be our attitude. You see, God's word shouldn't be a burden. You know, it is there for our benefit. It is there for for our well-being. We should love it. We should desire it. See, when we seek the Lord, when we follow His ways, there's blessings. There's blessings. We read one nineteen. See, blessed our day, our day. Uh, whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. You see, you're blessed. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? You see, you want to live holy? You want to live righteous? Live according to the word of God. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your command. You see, he loved the words of God. He loved his commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not, you don't want to sin? Hide his word in your heart. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes. You see, it should be a joy as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Don't neglect the word of God. Do good to your servant. I will live. I will obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. You see, if you're not seeing wonderful things, you need to pray that. Lord, open my eyes that I will see wonderful things because there are, there is wonderful things in God's word. There's wonderful things. We should find joy when we read it, we should find joy in obeying him. See, because we put a smile on God's face. He says, if you love me, you obey my commands. We put a smile on his face. It should be a joy to us. Right? The whole Psalms 119, you know, is the longest chapter in the whole uh, Bible. It just talks about how wonderful the word of God is. And that should be our heart. That should be our attitude. We should love the word of God more than silver gold more than a million dollars, the Word of God. I'm going to end with this in Deuteronomy chapter 28 just to put fear back in us. <laughs> sometimes we need to hear it. You see, sometimes we feel, oh, God is just so loving. He's full of compassion. He forgives us infinity. And yes, He does, but God's judgment is real. It is a scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God. In Deuteronomy 28, it talks about blessings for obedience. You see, verse 1 through 14 talks about blessings for obeying God. And the other section after that, it's probably three times longer, it talks about curses for disobedience. You see, that's probably what Josiah was reading, the curses. And it just it scared him to death. That's why he tore his robe. He's like, man, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my nation. And because he humbled himself, God heard him. And God's judgment was still coming, but you see, he didn't see it. uh, The uh, the blessing was that his eyes weren't going to see that destruction. See, God's anger was delayed, but it was still coming. It was still coming, but God blessed him. See, in chapter 30, I'm going to end with this. Now, what am I commanding you today? Now, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. I don't know if you want to play the piano. I'm going to end with this. This is beautiful. It blessed my life. I mean, it's just—it was a challenge. It's a, whatever it was, encouragement. Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask, "Who would ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us?" So we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross to the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so so that we may obey it. See? It's not beyond our reach. It's not too difficult for us. No. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart so that you may obey it. See, the word of God is not, it's not out of your reach. The Bible says it's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's in you. It's near you. See, you need to obey it. That's a command of God. So see, I said before you, totally life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord the God will give you, uh, will, will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, idols in your life, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing to the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life So that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, before you, you see, there's ultimatums always with Jesus, with the word of God. You either choose heaven, you choose hell. You choose to obey Him. You choose to disobey Him. And the Bible says, if you obey Him, there's blessings. If you disobey Him, there's curses. You see, here I lay before you life and prosperity or death and destruction. You choose. You choose to obey God, life and prosperity. He will bless you. He will use you. He is with you. You choose to disobey Him. Death and destruction. He is against you. He opposes you. Get rid of the moral filth. Humble yourself. Fear the words of the Lord. Humble yourself. And just don't listen to obey it. You see, life and prosperity, death and destruction. And like the Bible says, I urge you to choose life. Choose Jesus always. I know that we all love the Lord, but choose Him always. Choose life. Choose His word. Obey Him even more. Love Him even more. Seek Him even more. If there's anything, anything in our lives that we know is not right in God's eyes, you see, the Bible says in Psalms, uh, Search my heart, O Lord. See if there's anything wrong, any wicked things wrong in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, search my heart, God. See, that's the prayer. That should be our prayer. Seek, search my heart, God. Expose the things that are not right. Expose the things that are not right. Lay it bare. Your word is living and active. Everything's laid bare, exposed, right? Lord, just expose it. Take it out. Burn it up. See, like King Josiah, he destroyed everything that wasn't a part of God. You see, we need to get rid of it. Destroy all the things that are not right in God's eyes. And we need to respond to it. Obey the words of God. Live holy as I am holy. That's it. That's it. Let that us not be doers. Don't deceive yourselves. Let's not be listeners, I should say, but let's be doers of the Word of God. That's it. And I know we love God, but I'm going to open up these altars. Let us love God even more. Let us seek Him even more. Jesus. There's anything, anything in your life that you know is not right. Get right with God. He called us to get rid of the moral, get rid of it all. Any idols, anything that's not right, pride, jealousy, greed. Anything that's holding you back from getting closer to God. If you know you're supposed to be closer and you're not, something's holding you back, get rid of it. Lay it down at the altar. Burn it up. And choose God, choose Jesus, choose to obey Him. In Jesus' name. I leave it open to seek God. Just seek God.